back here on American Liberty. I am joined again today by Jake Gutterwitz, who's joining me here on the 17th of February. And we got some big time news coming up. Um, I got to first start off, though, with an article. Uh, we have an American Liberty blog up now. Okay, It's AmericanLibertyBlog.blogspot.com. It's a little blog we started with the podcast to go with some of the topics and issues that we'll be covering on the podcast. And I wrote in uh, a blog article about Bloomberg and how he may, is he the candidate to save the Democratic Party? Just an open-ended question. And Jake, I got attacked. I got people angry face, you know, I put on Facebook and I, I shared it with some conservative groups and some other political groups. And they were just, they didn't clearly read the article. They just saw the headline and just lost lost yeah. their minds. Uh, and I know you read the article, and you have one coming out today in regards to the. It's kind of a little bit off the Bloomberg thing, but you have a difference of uh, opinion, which uh, I I read, and I, I was glad to see uh, you include that article. But uh, what do you think of this? I mean, people losing their minds, thinking that Bloomberg may be the you know. They disagree clearly that he's not the savior of the Democratic Party. I think, is it that they think the Democratic Party is dead or they just think that he is just as bad as everybody else? Well, you know, I think he's just as bad as everyone else. You know, what I, what you can read about today in my article is that I really believe that nominating Mike Bloomberg would be the DNC turning their backs on the voter base that they have spent the last 12 years building since the Obama election in 2008 you know you, you you have these people who have really done some great work trying to give a voice to people who do not traditionally have a voice women minorities and all of these communities in 2008 they elect our first black president they elect president obama and whatever you think about obama that was an achievement for them and so to nominate someone like mike bloomberg who is another old white billionaire that these people spent 12 years complaining about who is buying his way into this election it's a travesty or well, it would he, be a travesty he is trending in the polls he's gone up in the polls nationally i think he's number three nationally now well he ought to go up in the polls nationally we see him on tv and on our youtube ads and everywhere we go i'm surprised i don't have a little cardboard mike bloomberg poking out my window in the morning and you know they are trending up right now as i'm looking Fox News, Page Six, Yahoo News, MSNBC. Bloomberg is reportedly considering Hillary Clinton, the evil Hillary Clinton, as his possible VP. And I say evil, I don't mean evil. I just mean that's what everybody thinks she is, that she's an evil woman. Um, you know, I've heard she's not so nice, but, uh, you know, that she may be the VP. Is this uh, done because the establishment want to make sure that they have somebody in the white house that could i mean look she could play a role like cheney did for bush he pretty much ran things from the shadows is that and, what we're looking at and i think that's exactly what we're going to be looking at you know the the dnc the dnc realized in 2016 that all right maybe the country isn't going to have a woman president yet and so they're going to try and sneak hillary in as vice president so that she can run the show and you know the funny thing is i really think in 2016 that Democrat voters rebuked the idea of having Hillary Clinton, this traditional neoliberal Democrat, as our president and as what represents the Democrat Party. And so to put her up 
even as a VP, is just an absolute slap in the face. I think it will do more harm to the party than good. I think uh, the current President Trump would love that. I also think his base would it would energize their base once again because it's the president going against the evil, crooked Hillary. I mean, everything comes back into play. So I don't know if this is really a smart move, but obviously it's an establishment move where the people in the establishment make sure that they still have a hold on what happens in Washington. And speaking of Trump today, uh, or I should say yesterday, he was at the Daytona 500. He was the uh, Grand Marshal. He showed up, uh, Air Force One flies over to his entire base and is screaming at the top of the lungs. They love it. He is definitely Daytona 500 territory down in Florida. And uh, he had pretty much, uh, you know, he took the limousine around the track and he ate it up. And that is almost like a rally. He just got a free rally to be the Grand Marshal because everybody there looked like they were happy he was there. Well, that's the funniest part about Trump and his administration and his campaign and back in 2016 was that he gets as much free publicity as he wants. As much as the media keeps talking about how much they hate him, as much as he talks about how much the media hates him, all they do is talk about him. All they do is say his name. You know, you want to kill a candidate, you do what they do to libertarians. They just don't say their names. Yeah, you don't hear anybody talking about any of the candidates in the libertarian side running for president. Or even poor Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, Tulsi Gabbard has been blacklisted because she's suing Google. She's suing Hillary Clinton, and she has been completely shunned. Nothing. You hear nothing about her anymore. And I liked her. I thought I, I want I want to hear more. Sure. She would bring people over from the other side to at least engage and listen to her. Exactly. And it's not happening, and it's not happening because the establishment is said they they really do decide. The people don't decide. The people think they do, but that's the problem. People think that they actually have the influence. The establishment wants you to see who they want to see. And right now, Tulsi Gabbard, who was a trending candidate after the first two debates, she gave Kamala Harris a, she pretty much knocked her out of the race. And there's nobody talking about it anymore. That is the establishment politics. That is the two party system. That is the current system that we have and why nothing gets done in Washington, especially. They keep on, like, for instance, here in New York, congestion pricing passed in 2019. It is passed the Assembly and the Senate in the state of New York, and Cuomo signed off on it. Congestion pricing starts in 2021 in New York City. It's been approved. They have no idea how they're going to implement it. It's It's crazy. They don't know where the streets are going to be. They don't know where the board is going to be. And I actually wrote this. You can actually see the blog on the American Liberty blog, blogspot.com. Um, it is unknown how much it's going to cost, where it's going to be, and what what's going to happen if you're just looping the block looking for a parking spot and you just happen to be on that border block that keeps hitting your license plate. You're going to get charged every time. Nobody knows. And it's a tax to alleviate the problem with the MTA. The MCA is completely broke. It's subsidized by the state, and the state itself is broke. So what better way to force people to, A, take the train or the bus, is to not allow them to drive without paying a tax. It is a tax on the people. It is a tax on the, from the system. Just think of all the small businesses that are going to be within those congestion zones that people may not go to anymore. What, what is this? Are people that blind to see... You know that this is not a problem 
you know, it's funny. I once read an article that talked about people being too poor to work. And I said, well, what the hell does that mean? And they said that there's certain, that there's plenty of people out there. And in fact, people that I now know that for a long time could not afford to work a real job. And why is that? They can't afford to get into New York City. They can't afford a car. They can't afford the almost $400 a month that it takes to get a monthly pass on the LIRR into New York City. That's a whole week's pay. That's a whole week's pay for somebody. And that's exactly it. And if you're spending a whole week, so if you're spending a quarter of your pay on transportation, how could you afford to live? You're worse off working than you are not working. And, you know, Albany doesn't seem to understand that. You know, it's it's why from the very beginning of my political campaign, I advocated for Long Island statehood because there isn't a person in Albany that seems to care about the fact that Long Islanders can't commute. And Long Islanders fit pretty much a big portion of the budget for the state, period. They fit a massive portion, right? You're you're talking about something like 30% of the state living in Long Island. I think think the number that I came up with during my election is 3 million people in Nassau County and a little over a million Suffolk County. It's 4 million people. That's a massive part of New York State's population. Right. And uh, what's crazy is congestion pricing is going to not only get people to like on the weekends who wants to go into the city and have to pay a tax who's going to want and, and the and the homeless population's gone up albany's pushing this and at the same time they want to push the idea of 15 dollars an hour 15 dollars an hour sounds great but guess what's happened you go to any mcdonald's now or any fast food place in downtown it's all automated machines they just removed the worker and Not save mention, themselves the $15 an hour. It's more expensive to purchase things there because of it. And that's the other All thing. All they've done is pass on the cost to us who are only making $15 an hour. Right. So now you got congestion pricing is going to cause pe- everything within that area to go up because people are going to have to pay for it. Now, the other thing is, how about parking? How about where you gonna, people are going to be parking wherever they make that border, whether it's 92nd Street, I heard 92nd Street, I heard, you know, anything from midtown down everything going the opposite direction towards north is going to be littered with cars and those parking garage structures are going to jack up the prices so it's not going to make anything cheaper here in new york city small businesses are already fleeing the city people are already fleeing the city as it is it is making it harder to live and operate and leave it to a democrat to solve problems to solve the problem of traffic by just forcing you not to drive Right, you know, and the, and then and they want to you know preach the environment, yeah. But you're gonna have crowded trains. I mean, everybody's jumping on a train from Long Island as it is. Now, just add another half a million people are gonna have to take the train because they're not gonna want to drive into the city anymore. People from the Metro North, same thing. Where are you gonna get a seat on the train? Going home, it's gonna be a miserable experience. Then you have Let's track, remember, track it's problems. Not, it's not my car driving to work every day that's causing climate change. It's the fact that we have massive corporations dumping chemicals into our water and destroying our our for our trees and all of our drinking water that is causing climate change. Yeah, and the and you know and with the whole climate change debate, you also uh, like for example solar power, uh, the batteries and the lithium batteries. The, it's counterproductive the pollution that's caused. To you have to dig for lithium. It causes pollution to get the lithium batteries. And according to a study I read, 
it's counterproductive to, I mean, you, you want to say that it's better than fossil fuels? It probably is, but sure. this issue is nobody really has an answer because it's just one side wants it this way and the other side wants it that way and they're all just going to attack each other and nothing's going to get accomplished. I think the free market where they compete, because let's, let's be honest, do you want dirty water to drink? Do you want no, bad air? Right? What, do you want to go outside and breathe polluted air? Nobody does. So if you remove these special interest groups and you remove government from the equation, people are going to make that choice. They're going to wake up in the morning and say, ah, you know what? I don't want to buy a gas car because now it's just as cheap to buy a electric powered car than a gas car because you don't have all these subsidies in play. You don't have all these politicians putting all these red tape laws that are causing pricing to go up. You know, it's expensive to get a sold car. Let the free market work itself out. And then sometime it will compete its way in. It, they make it seem like the world's going to end. I mean, we have 12 years left to live, according to the great AOC. Um, you know, I mean, it's a scare tactic. Everything's a scare tactic. We're okay. Everybody said the world would end when Trump became president. The world hasn't ended. We're yeah. still here. Yeah, we're it's still, still here. another, what, five years or so of Trump presidency. <laughs> yeah, well, it looks like that. <laughs> the way things are going right now, it looks like that. I think... You know, going back to the, the Bloomberg-Clinton thing, it's going to be a big mistake. Um, I want to wrap up with uh, this uh, speed. <laughs> it's a speed camera. It's more of a pet peeve for me. I've noticed lately, uh, driving through the city, in Queens especially, speed cameras. The point of the speed camera, according to what the politicians sold you, was to protect school zones, people from speeding through schools. Cool. I don't want people to speed through school zones and endanger kids getting hit who wants that nobody but here's the here's the thing they took something that was intended for good and made it a scam and here's how it's a scam i've noticed and i'm going to give you a an area if anybody who lives in queens who's listening to this is driving down atlantic avenue over by the sanitation garage over by about 134 street to 133 street and atlantic avenue let me tell you something there's a speed camera there now why is the speed camera there because of the school zone, because it's within legislation that they passed, it could be anywhere within a quarter mile of the school zone. Guess what a school is? Not on Atlantic Avenue and not anywhere near the location. It is another avenue down. It's in between two avenues, between 97 Avenue and 101 Avenue, not where the speed camera is set up. So it's not intended to protect the kids because nobody, it, nobody who's driving down that road nine times out of ten is speeding down that road and then dropping the kid off right in the middle of Atlantic Avenue. They're dropping it off. It's, it, that's an example of how the government sells you something, and it's a complete BS. It's to gain revenue, because the city has been on a spending campaign since de Blasio got elected. They have spent all the surplus that they had from the prior administration, Bloomberg, <laughs> our friend Bloomberg here. Uh, we did have a surplus in the city, and he's been draining it since he got elected. Uh, so my question is, uh, and you ran your campaign on a speed camera issue here in Nassau County. What is up with this scam? Sure. You know, you understand immediately what traffic tickets seem to be for as soon as you get one and have to pay for it. A few weeks ago, I got a, I was pulled over and I got a ticket for obstructed view. I had rosary beads hanging in my window. And so the officer issued me a ticket for ob obstructed view. But fine, neither here nor there. I went online to pay said ticket, and it cost me almost $250 to pay that ticket. 
for having rosary beads in my window. It cost me two hundred and fifty dollars. Now I understand. Don't be religious. Sure, don't be. Yeah, right. don't be religious. Okay. But <laughs> I understand the the idea of traffic tickets. Right? Someone does something dangerous. They are endangering other people in our society. We have to try to curb that. That kind but of fall, that, that kind of falls into the libertarian principle of don't do anything to hurt others. Exactly. And with you know, a lot of libertarians are anti, you know, these summonses and violations. Some violations are meant because you will cause harm. If you're driving drunk, the likeliness of that you're going to crash your car and cause harm to somebody is pretty good, and you could kill somebody. You know, there's certain things, but something like rosary beads hanging and obstructing the view, uh, you know, in my view, is a little little overreach. But, but even down to speed cameras, <clears throat> my biggest problem with these cameras is not necessarily that speed cameras exist. I am okay with the idea of speed cameras in school zones, right? The idea that you shouldn't be speeding past schools, too many people are speeding past schools, and people will get hurt. Fine. But that ticket can ruin someone's entire month, financially speaking, right? I mean, me paying $250 for a ticket was pretty close to to wiping me out. You know, I don't have a lot of money put away. I'm 22 years old. I'm just, you know, trying to work and make my day. Imagine if I had a family that I had to support. And that's my biggest problem with these tickets is that they're, they're causing financial harm to people. And we have to find the middle ground between a ticket that's expensive enough that people don't commit the crime and cheap enough that's not going to ruin their livelihoods. Well, I have a solution for that. This is something that I pitched before last uh, on the first season of this podcast. Here's an idea. If it's really about safety and not about generating revenue for the state, okay, then give an option for the people who, like yourself, let's say you get a ticket and you commit that violation within a certain community that you have the option rather than pay the ticket if you don't have the money that you are able to do two hours community service for that community that you commit the violation in rather than have to pay that monetary fine you have to dedicate some of your time time is also worth money okay if it's really about safety and not about generating revenue for the state okay if it's not about generating revenue for the state because the state is on a spending spree and irresponsible. I, you know, if the state was a business, it would have been a failed business a long time ago. I said it all the time. Now, if people are have that option where you could go and do community service in a community that you violated in, like let's say speeding in a school zone, good. Go to the school, as long as you pass a background check, because sure. you know, you don't want any creepy people in the school. But you know what? Now you owe that school service. You got to sweep the hallways for two hours. You got to take out the garbage. You got to paint something, whatever and, it is. And that's Community exactly service. It. And that's exactly it. You, you, the idea of paying these fines is that you are paying your debt to society. Right. My two hundred and fifty dollars for my traffic ticket did not pay a debt to society. It paid a bureaucrat's salary. Right. Now, community service. Would, would you have been option? Would you have taken the option to go do two hours of community service in that area that you did that violation? Actually, yeah. You know, because it would save you money. Exactly. Two hours of your free time you could spend and, I don't know, pick up litter on the side of the road or something. Because there's plenty of garbage on the side of the road all over Nassau County, all over New York City. It could, you know, there's other ways to do it. And the way that we punish people is by, some people may want to pay a fine and say, ain't worth my time, but they got the money. If you don't have the money, at least have an option. 
It's all about options, not being forced to do things. So I like, uh, uh, listen, I, I agree. I like that idea. And I think that, uh, you know, maybe some of these legislators, or if you do run another election, or anybody who is listening to this, hey, you could steal it and use it. I don't care. It's, uh, you know, I'm not stamping my name on it. I just think it's a good idea where somebody would use it because then we won't have so much, you know, there's a lot of discontent for uh, getting tickets and whatnot. Now it won't be so bad. But uh, I want to remind everybody that is listening to this podcast to subscribe, comment. You could follow uh, me on Twitter at Kev Warmhold. You can go to Facebook. We have an American Liberty Facebook page. You could find Jake on Jake's Twitter handle. What is your Twitter handle again, Jake? That's at Jake for Liberty. I've noticed a lot of you already following me. This is great. I promise I will start tweeting more. So Twitter is the political like um, town hall now. So I try to keep politics off of Facebook and Instagram. Twitter, though, is like a different animal. You can kind of get away with it there. And uh, you know, people actually say some pretty mean stuff. I, surprisingly, yeah. when I shared that article uh, with Bloomberg on Facebook with some of these groups, nobody really said anything directly towards me, but there were a lot of angry people that were typing away and angry faces and mad faces and they you know, clearly were not happy with some of the points I was making. I was just making the point that there is a possibility because the party has gone so far left that Bloomberg brings them back towards the middle. And this uh, recent Hillary Clinton uh, team, I think it's a bad move. I think it will destroy his campaign and Trump will definitely 100%. I'm telling you right now, their best bet to beat Trump is Amy Klobuchar. She's a strong-headed woman. She has no scandals that I know of. Nobody's talked about any scandals, but I'm sure they could dig one up eventually when she becomes a threat to the party. But I think she's your best bet at beating Trump. And once again, the Democratic establishment is picking who they want to win. And they like Bloomberg's money, and they like Clinton's inside. That's it. They like her inside influence, and they like his money. Because then the what DNC, I would love, Kevin, the DNC doesn't have to spend a, as much money because Bloomberg's spending away. What I would love, Kevin, is if all our viewers have visited AmericanLiberty.blogspot.com and left some comments on these articles. Yes. Then we can get a real discussion going. Yes. So leave comments on the uh, blog. Leave comments on the YouTube channel. And uh, leave comments on whatever you listen to on either Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher. And we'll uh, address some of these comments in some future episodes. So thank you, Jake, for tuning me in. Tune in with me tonight, and, uh, you know, we got to keep fighting a good fight, and we will see you again on American Liberty. Thank you very much. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed that video. Uh, subscribe to the show, like it, and comment. Also, if you want the audio version because you're traveling, you're in a car, and you can't watch it, you don't have time to watch the episodes, you could go in the show notes. There is a link provided, um, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeartRadio, whatever your pleasure may be. Join me and listen uh, via the audio versions on uh, those other platforms, okay? But I really like uh, YouTube. I like the way it's working out. And if you can, subscribe. The more subscribers, the better the content I can provide you. And it costs you nothing. So I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. I'll see you next time.